Good evening, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidden. Probably the awesome here. I say evening because it's a night episode for me. We are on... We're still working on Dharma Recovery. Recovery Dharma. I keep doing that backwards. And we're still on the Eightfold Path. We move into the concentration group tonight, though. We've already covered... I don't want to mess this up. We already... We already covered a couple of the other... (laughs) The other ones, geez, I can't find it and I can't remember them all by heart. But the different, the different buckets of wise, like wise understanding and intention. And the last one, wow, I'm really, sorry guys, I'm out of practice here. Anyway, we are on wise effort tonight is the moral of the story. And it's the first of the concentration group. I think I said that already. Wow, I'm a hot mess today. I just got done with two days of online learning, which (laughs) I know I should be an expert at by now. And a lot of information to take in over the last couple days. But I'll tell you, some really, really powerful speakers and Some of my classmates, I mean, I just joined this program in April. So April, May, June, July. I guess we're going into our fourth month. And it started out with, I think, close to 700 of us. And now it's just under six. So there might be like 570 or whatever. The friendships and the connections, when you're with like-minded people, and that's what this environment is, it's amazing. Like there's no bullshit or drama. There's nothing but this love and support. Like we talked about this joy. Oh, what was it called? I really loved it. It's been sticking with me ever since we appreciative joy. We talked about that the other night and just having it for all these people that are like rocking it. They're having successes, little victories. And it's the same in all my my groups. I've just never really thought of it as appreciative joy before. So instead of being like, so Dean Graciosi is one of the teachers and he's friends with Tony Robbins. And when they do these online virtual events, you know, they're, they're used to doing in-person events and they call on us, you know, they have 600 little video screens of us and they'll call on people. And it's one of those environments where you're rooting for the person that gets called on and, and they gave out some awards and it was, you could almost predict who was going to get them because those are the people who show up the most and the best in like the Facebook groups and they're very engaging and helpful to other people. So it was a really, it was a really nice couple days, very lot of information that I have to digest, try to sort through tomorrow, I guess. (laughs) So anyway, that's what I've been doing for the last two days. I guess I will move us along to wise effort. Wise effort means concentrating our effort or on understanding and and recovering and awakening. 
wise effort isn't based on how much we should should meditate, how much service we should do, or how much time we should put into a healthy activity. Instead, it's the intention to devote balanced energy to supporting the other parts of the path, particularly wisdom. Okay, I, f- I fouled up my enunciation there, but I think what it's saying... Oh, I know what this is saying. It's saying work smarter, not harder. (laughs) It isn't about the effort. Wow, this feels like a lot like my my day job. It's not that if I, whoever spends the most time on something, it's who gets the most, the best results or balances their time to touch the most important things, like the 80-20 rule. That's what I just took out of that. The first thing to pay attention to is avoiding situations and states of mind that can lead to unwholesome, unskillful, or harmful responses. We become more aware of conditions in our life and investigate our own responses and reactions to these conditions. When we're operating out of greed, ignorance, confusing, confusion, or thinking we can get what we want, we need to be aware of that. We need to put the effort and energy to understand what circumstances allowed these conditions to arise and how we could begin to move away from these responses. So using my example about appreciation joy or appreciative joy and rooting for these other people, if if I wasn't working on recovery and hadn't developed the skill and I won't say that I'm perfect and don't feel this way sometimes where you have that little like, oh, I wish it was me or, you know, that kind of thing. Three years ago, four years ago, whatever, um, it was definitely, I had a different perspective on that before I was aware and did put the energy and effort into that. And again, still not perfect, still a work in progress, still wonder And I I guess this is, I'm going to continue to wonder about this because I know what I feel, but I don't know how I'm perceived. And I struggle, like I, I try to be very mindful of this to make sure that my confidence doesn't come across as ego. Like I'm very confident about my vision and how I feel about myself and the progress that I make. And I just don't want it to come across as cocky or egotistical or like showboaty or grandiose, like all these things. So I'm always trying to remind myself of to choose the words carefully and to express my meaning as carefully as I can. And that's what I'm getting out of this paragraph is the effort and energy to understand like how this stuff shows up and how to move away from those negative responses of of the greed or feeling less than and, and handling things in an unskillful way. Energy or effort is also devoted to letting compassion, loving kindness, generosity, and forgiveness arise when they're not present. If we find ourselves reacting with anger rather than compassion, fear instead of generosity, blame instead of forgiveness, we can ask how we would respond if those positive factors were present and begin to respond more skillfully. Being hard on ourselves, 
beating ourselves up and suffering from perfectionism are all familiar feelings during addiction and recovery. When we shame ourselves for not being good enough, not trying hard enough, not being enough, these are perfect opportunities to practice wise effort, to reflect on the question, in this moment, how can I be kind and gentle with myself? I like totally have that last sentence (laughs) highlighted in bright yellow. In this moment, how can I be kind and gentle with myself? And if you've been gambling for most of the gamblers I've met through my recovery career have been long-term gamblers. There has been a couple, uh, you know, you guys met Brett early on. He had only gambled for a few years and it just progressed quicker. But in general, we've gambled long, long, long time. So all those, those side voices in our head or all those habits of feeling guilty or beating ourselves up or not thinking we're enough or all those negative things we've been practicing for many, many years. So this wise effort, again, the way I'm interpreting it, and I'm not a recovery Dharma expert. This is just my perception and tying it into how I view recovery. We're trying to undo all those years of habits and it's going to take practice. And you, the, the cycle is you have to be kind and gentle and forgiving with yourself that it does take practice. You have to be patient with yourself. And then you also have to do the work on being more compassionate and love and kind and gen- and generous and forgive others yourself whoever so there's a couple different parts of that moving parts to work on try to remember whatever your experience is right now it will pass often in unpredictable ways remind yourself that you really don't know how long an unpleasant or painful experience will last Try to be open to recognizing and investigating the experience while it is present without interpreting it as a permanent part of your experience. All right. I wasn't going to tell you this. I I was reading this last night to make sure I knew what I was talking about before tonight. But I'm going to share this little story with you about it will pass. Remember, the experience will pass. So I recently finished um, an abundance challenge is what it was called. And it was a 21-day event. And on one of the assignments was this parable. And we had to interpret the parable. And the way the story went, geez, I already forgot the beginning of it. But it's essentially this man needed, it was a king. The king needed words I guess to to help him through life three magic words I might be messing this up or a few magic words and I think he challenged his you know his army his whoever to help him with these words and one of his longtime servants came up to him and said went up to him and said well sir you know I think the words that you're looking for is this too shall pass and the story continues and the, the king is being chased by some bad guys in the woods 
and he comes to the edge of a cliff and he can hear the horses in the army coming for him. And he's like, oh, I need to save these magic words and it's this too shall pass. And he hears the army start drifting in a different way. They must have lost his scent or whatever and he ends up safe. And the next situation that he runs into is I think that let's say he wins a war. And again, I'm kind of ad-libbing because my memory is so bad. I don't remember the exact details. But he wins a war and the whole kingdom is so excited and he's just elated and proud of himself and just on top of the world. And the servant guy goes up to him and reminds him, you know, make sure that you say the magic words. And he's like, well, I'm successful and things are great. And, you know, he doesn't understand. But the servant encourages him to be mindful and say this too shall pass. And we were asked to interpret what that story meant to us. And as you can see, there's, there's two different spins on that, right? There's the hard times, the bad times, the difficult times, the challenging times, those will pass. And if we hang on to that, knowing that, We'll get through it and there's an end. It's a way, you know, to give us hope, to console ourselves, to get through it. And then there's the other side of it where the glory and the the good feelings and the on top of the world feelings, those will also pass. And it's important that we find some balance in life or that we learn to not take things for granted, both the good and the bad. So those were some of the lessons I learned out of this story. And I'm sorry if I butchered it, if you know the whole true parable. But I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. So a couple questions for wise effort. What efforts have you made to connect with a wise friend, mentor, or Dharma buddy who can help you develop and balance your efforts? I think that I'm fortunate, like, I have Karen every day and even though she's not in the recovery space, she's definitely a mirror for me and she tells me and she always has if I'm right or wrong or what her perspective is. I guess there isn't really a right and wrong. But like when I was in my last relationship, I'd be like, okay, this is my side. This is his side. Who's right? And there was times that she'd pick him <laughs> and somehow I still love her. <laughs> but it, it, she's definitely honest. I think that the groups almost can serve this way too. I was on the phone with one of the fellas from group the other night and um, he was, you know, he advised me about relationship stuff. He re he advised me about work stuff and he was, he was so cute. He's trying to be so delicate, but honest, you know, he cares about me enough to tell me the truth, but he also cares about me enough to not want to hurt my feelings. So he's trying to give me feedback in a very nice way. You know, it was it was a constructive way. And I was like, you can tell me anything. Like, it's fine. Like, I appreciate having people like that in my life. And the next morning, one of the other fellows from group, I was doing the same thing for, kind of giving him the feedback and stuff. And it's not that we don't know it. It's just sometimes people need to call stuff out to us. And if you find yourself aligned with those kind of people, hang on to them. And if if the circles you keep aren't 
necessarily all those kind of people and you can transition away from them and find the kind of people who will genuinely care about you and have that appreciative joy and be honest with you in a loving, kind, supportive way, then think about that. can't tell you what to do. I'm just suggesting it. And I can just tell you that having those kinds of relationships, and this is, I will also say, I know I'm doing my normal digression here, but I will also say that that stuff doesn't show up unless we're ready to receive and ready to give. You know, like I've had friends for a really long time and I've had, you know, deep, relationships but the level that it's on now now that my whole truth is out there or now that I can talk from a deeper place and now that I can feel my feelings my relationships have all changed through this this last you know four years or so three or four years whatever time out it's been I guess it's like three and a half I don't know I haven't looked at my little counter in a while all right next question think of a situation that is causing you discomfort or unease what is the nature of the effort you're bringing to the situation? Pay attention to whether it feels balanced and sustainable or if you're leaning too far in the direction of either inactivity or overexertion. A situation that's causing you discomfort or unease. I'm, I'm struggling to think of something giving me discomfort or unease the nature that's bringing you um yeah I might have to circle back to that one or maybe you guys can answer this one for me because I'm not having anything like that um I imagine I imagine for most if you're still maybe working from home or maybe if you're transitioning back to the office maybe that's causing discomfort and unease I mean most of 2020 cause a lot of people discomfort and unease um in the nature that you're bringing the situation so yeah we'll we'll hang on to this covid example um paying attention to whether it feels balanced and sustainable um or leaning too far in the direction of either inactivity or overexertion so how i read that second part of the question is using the we'll say it's going back to the office for me and I'm not currently in that situation, but when I do, I think it's going to be uncomfortable because I've gotten in a routine. I get to hang out with you guys twice a day. Um, I plan on like I went to Zumba this morning and even though it was during business hours, if we're still working from home next week, I plan on going to Zumba. I'll call it lunch or whatever, you know, where I wouldn't normally go out and get all sweaty and go back to to work. So that'll be uncomfortable. Now, how I handle it will be part of the wise effort when I do go back to the office. Am I going to go like with my pissy pants? Oh, I got to go back to the office. It's messing up my routine. It's messing up how I live now. Um Or am I going to go back with a good attitude and happy to see my work friends and, um, you know, be accepting of whatever's changed around the building? Because I've heard that our desks are different and spaced out and there's plexiglass and um, our cubicles are higher. You know, I've heard some scuttlebutt. I don't I can't really imagine what it looks like. But all that change is going to be stressful just because change is stressful, whether it's good or bad change. 
So that's going to be an opportunity for me to put my wise effort into hopefully treating it with um, some grace and and not making the problem worse than it is and getting over myself and, and my routine. I'll survive. That too will pass. That transition will pass. So it kind of all goes together, huh? Are you dealing with overwhelming desires, aversions, laziness, or discouragement, restlessness, or worry, or doubt about your own ability to recover? How do these hindrances affect the choices you're making? Are you dealing with overwhelming desires, aversions, laziness, or discouragement, restlessness, or worry about your ability to recover? I don't think... I don't, I don't think that I have like maybe a little restlessness and maybe some desires to know more. Like I'm not trying to rush it, but I'm always telling you guys how I I can't wait to like listen in the future or have my aha moments in the future because they're kind of like you can see yourself growing and that, you know, two years ago, I thought I was all grown up and then another three months goes by or six months go by and it's like, oh, I'm even more grown up. And, and that pattern continues. So I think, I think it affects my choices in a way where I just keep moving forward. Sometimes I get a little impatient, but definitely moving forward. Are you avoiding feelings by checking out and giving up or through obsessive busyness and perfectionism? Wow. Yeah. Do you know any perfectionists or (laughs) obsessive busy people? I I have one of those people in my life and it makes me bananas. Like I'm just so chill. Like most of the time, like I don't, I don't really care. Like I was, I was on a call yesterday morning and my friend was telling me, well, I guess, yeah, my friend, for lack of a better word, he was telling me about this client he has who will get upset between a 10-point font and an 11-point font, you know, like the size of the font could be off by one, and that client will, you know, get all stressed out and crazy about it. <sighs> That's not a fun place to be, guys. Like, I mentioned the 80-20 rule earlier. If you don't know what that is, it means that 80, well, one application, there's a lot of applications, but one application is 80% of your, say, successes or your, all right, so let's say 80% of your customers will generally be 20% of your sales. No, I'm saying that wrong. 20% of your customers will be 80% of your sales is one example. Or... For me, the, one of the ways I work on my desk is there's things that I might do a, th- a million dollars in sales with, and then there's things that only do $10,000 in sales for the whole year. But those things that do the $10,000 worth of sales take up more time than the things that do a million. So I would want to focus, I would want to put my effort on the million dollars of sales instead of the 10,000. So even if I drop them off because it would take 80% of the time 
it's not quite that balance, but that's the premise is of this 80-20 rule. So if you're being super busy and trying to be perfect about everything, you'll spend a lot of time not going anywhere, in my humble opinion. You can kind of go in some circles. Wow. So that was a lot for a little page and a half worth of wise effort. I hope that was enlightening to you. If it was, as always, I'll ask you to uh, please leave a review or comments if you have feedback. That would be amazing. Helps get the reach out. We did just cross into, I think we're at 42 countries now, which is pretty exciting. But when you do reviews and ratings, it helps us get into more countries and exposure to more folks that need help. So anything you could do there would be great. All right, beautiful people. I am going to say goodnight. Thank you for playing with me for another lesson in Recovery Dharma. And I will be back with you in the morning. All right, take care.